Broadcasting live from the Business Radio X studios in Denver, Colorado, it's time for Franchise Bible Coach Radio. Now, here are your hosts. Hello, and welcome to Franchise Bible Coach Radio with Rick and Rob. I'm your host, Rob Ganley. I'm going to introduce my co-host, Rick Grossman, author of the Franchise Bible in just a moment. But I wanted to thank our sponsor, SEO Samba. Uh, SEO Samba is the creator of a one-of-a-kind, award-winning franchise marketing operating system they call FMOS. We thank them very much for sponsoring the show today. But most importantly, I wanted to introduce our special guest, uh, Simon Davison. Uh, Simon is the CEO of Escapology franchise, and he'll tell us more about that. How are you doing today, uh, Simon? I'm great, thanks, gentlemen. Nice to be on the show. That's great. That's great. Uh, so, Rick, I wanted to go ahead and introduce Rick Grossman, again, author of the Franchise Bible. Rick, why don't you go ahead and get us started today? Thanks, Rob. And thanks, Simon. Welcome to the show. And hey, folks, uh, welcome to Franchise Bible Coach Radio with Rick and Rob. And just remember that we are smack dab in the middle of the Fight for Your Franchise Challenge in uh, working alongside Entrepreneur Magazine and Entrepreneur.com. Uh, to promote uh, all good things in the franchise industry to help franchisors and franchise owners get through this time, not only to survive, but to thrive. And uh, our special guests have been uh, giving us gold nuggets of information over the last couple of months. And we're excited to uh, hear from Simon today and, and learn more about what, uh, what they've been doing with, with their, their franchise operation to keep things moving right along. So Simon, tell us a little bit about uh, Escapology and your brand and, and how it came to be and, and how did you end up uh, in this business? Well, it's a good question, Rick. Um, I kind of tried to avoid it for the first couple of years. It was a friend, a, a close friend of ours whose son was working at an escape room, which obviously we didn't have any idea what an escape room was back then. And it was, it was over in um, Thailand in Bangkok and he kept calling us and saying, we've got to do this thing where you get locked up and you have to escape and it's, and, uh, oh God, and it was, it was like, you get locked in a box and it just didn't make any sense to me. And eventually there was That's one fun. in, yeah, I yeah, know, well, it, it didn't sound fun to me because I kind of suffer from claustrophobia and I thought <laughs> it's the last thing I'll ever want to get involved in. But then uh, an escape room opened in London in the UK and we were kind of living over there at the time and our friend said right you've got no excuse we're gonna go we're gonna play one of these games and of course once we played one it became a bit more apparent that you're not actually locked in you know like the fire marshals just won't kind of let that happen <laughs> you do feel very much like you're trapped in this environment yet there's no fear factor so I was kind of glad to get over that part of it and, and, uh, and, and it was actually quite good fun and so and then, and then it was like oh let's do it let's do it because my other my other business that I've been in all my life I'm I, I'm kind of a racing driver as a background and I've got a business that that skill or whatever you want to call it evolved into which was working with car companies launching cars and marketing cars and training in the car industry and uh, which is basically an events business and my friend wanted us to do this because we were experienced in the events business and an escape room venue to me remains like an event it just has it just happens every single day you know like in each venue right. whereas you, so you're not pitching to volkswagen or mercedes or whoever to try and get another deal it's literally you just open the doors and the, and, and they shall come kind of thing so 
So yeah, it was, a, it was a friend really that got us into it. We, we did go into business together for a while and then kind of worked out we were better off as friends than business partners. So we ended up buying there with a half of them. And uh, so yeah, that's kind of how we ended up in, in the business, if you like. That's awesome. And how many years have you been in the business now? Oh, right. Maths question. Uh, 2014, we first opened. So yeah, I guess we're, you know, we're, we're in our sixth year now. So Six years. Yeah. yeah. And how many units do you have open and give us a unit? Well, we have, we had prior to coronavirus virus, 56 uh, venues that were open and we've just signed our 75th franchise. Uh, Cause obviously some of them, you know, when they sign, they don't open the same day that they sign. So there's, there's, I guess there's whatever that is. It's like 20, 20 odd in, in kind of the, anywhere from just signing. We literally had some money hit the bank today for a new franchise, which is great considering you know, there's a bit of negativity around, but, uh, and then there's some that signed, you know, maybe six, eight months ago that are about to open, but yeah, 56 open prior to coronavirus and 75 signed we've got now. So yeah, quite exciting. Congratulations. That's an awesome, awesome uh, story. Yeah, thanks. Yeah. yeah. We didn't, we didn't expect it when we first decided to build one. I have to, I have to tell you that, but uh, yeah. It's, not, it's, a, it's, a good, it's, a, it's a good story. We just need to get them all reopened again now so we can, get back to having some fun and making a bit of money. That's right. That's right. Well, with that being said, and that that's actually very inspirational. And, you know, I've heard time and time again in the last few months, uh, you know, everybody, all the leaders, uh, us, us guys leading companies, you know, keeping our heads down, keeping our teams focused and, and, and moving forward through this and not pausing, not stopping, trying to continue through the best that you can given your circumstance. So it sounds like you're doing that, but let me ask you, you know, how, how has your leadership style evolved during this time? And, uh, you know, I guess you had to obviously adapt, right? And, and make some decisions. And, but how, how have you led through this? Um, that's a good question. That's got me thinking. Um, I mean, I'm pretty, I'd like to think that me and my team are swift to react when we need to react to something, you know, we, 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 we make, quick and fast and kind of brave decisions. Um, so I think that was the initial thing. And also like I'm, I'm very driven by data and you know, with a lack of business, I've kind of found another outlet for my desire to look at stats. And it was, it was actually studying how the COVID-19 sort of pandemic was spreading. So just, 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 I mean, Italy were the first, or I mean, there's the Chinese data that you couldn't really rely on too much, but Italy kind of led the way with what was happening. And I saw that the UK was 14 days behind and, and still are actually, I mean, we must be, I think we're like nine weeks into what, when I started doing all this data and we're still tracking pretty consistently as, as is the US a little bit slower because it's a bit, it's a bigger, a much bigger place in the US, but, but having that data has really helped and us and I worked out, I remember one of my partners, he said, oh, I can't believe we've been closed for 30 days. It should be like 10 days. I said, you've got no chance. It's not going to be open in 30 days time. Oh, no, no, no. I, I am the eternal pessimist, by the way, I should warn you. But uh -huh. I, knew, I just knew it was going to be a, a, a while. And I thought, we need to batten down the hatches like really fast and really quickly here. And, 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 and I, I've got a fantastic team and they've all been superb and we, 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 we kind of left the off, we, we stopped working in our office, I think it was about the 15th of March, it was pretty early. Mm -hmm. I said, 
has everybody got the ability to work from home? And they did. So we all just ended up working from home. But it was literally like trying to negotiate with the rents. And, and, and I asked the staff, I said, look, what can I pay you for the next however long? And just trust me and everything that we'll try and fix it when we come out the other end. And they all did me, like, a, not me, they did, they did the business, like a, a really good deal. You know, like, it's, like in the UK, the... UK government are paying all the employees 80%, and I think that is mental. And not one of my staff asked for anything near 80% of what I've been paying them before. They said, we wow, need... That's great. I won't, I won't tell you what it is, but it was it was, it was a lot less than 80%, you know, and, and yeah. they said, well, I, we can live on that, as long as we can eat, you know, keep our shelter over our heads and all the rest of it. So I kind of did those deals, and we've got, we've got deals with... Oh, I mean, I don't want to go into it because there's probably, there's probably some... Um, confidential information, but I mean, but for just people that we've got license deals with, and the rents and the utilities, and we have about thirty apps that run the business, everything from booking engines to project planning to staffing platforms, and and we did a deal with absolutely everybody, and everybody yeah. came to the table, everybody yeah. without doubt. Actually, I'll tell, I'll make an exception because we couldn't get a deal from Amazon because there's no one to speak to, so the web server we didn't get any discount. And uh, we didn't get any discount off Google either. It's a bit worrying when they've probably got more money than everybody else put together. But the people we could talk to, and I'm literally talking, you know, Verizon and the electric companies, they all did as a deal. And that all happened within a few days. We were, yeah. we were kind of, so it was battening down the hatches to reduce the costs was the first thing that we did. And, uh, and, and then I guess just be patient, you know, and then just try and predict what's yeah. what what's going to be happening down the road and, and 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 communicating as much of that as possible with your franchise network all the time as well of course but but they were great to be fair they're all and still are i mean the, the, the whole network is so positive despite us all having had a right financial kick in because literally when the doors close we don't make a bean you know nothing comes through the door at all so it's uh but yeah just have to be positive and act fast and then just be patient hold your horses yeah. and wait for, the, wait for the gate to come open again so we can go belting off yeah well i liked how you said that you were you were i think you said swift and brave that's uh that's a good way to put it well you say harsh as well man i mean i'm saying brave it's 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 it was tough you know we had to let, we had to let a lot of employees go as well but yeah you know if you if you dwell on those if you dwell on those decisions to try and be kind of kind to everybody, you, everybody ends up suffering. I mean, now we're in the process of taking all of those employees back, you know, but if we, yeah. it, I, I do know of a few people that are just a bit slow to react and they kind of run out of money and that doesn't help anyone in the long run. You know, you've got the button yeah. down patches and make some tough decisions, just kind of make them quick and be as fair as you can. Yeah. Well, that's good. Well, that's, uh, you know, we're, we're at the third phase of the fight for your franchise challenge and in, in this third and final phase of our initiative. Uh, we're focusing in on getting through and focusing on the future, you know, how to, how to move on from here. We've, we've been talking about the early stages of our initiative. We start, started with mindset and strategy and goals and KPIs and then, and then getting your team involved and then learning some tools and techniques and strategies. And those are all baked in 
to the system at Franchise Bible Coach and available for folks to look at. Uh, but now we're looking at the next few weeks, we're looking at how do we go on and reopen and get back to it and, and what things are important. And we've been able to glean from our experts that one of the, the most important things is that your guests and your, your, uh, your customers feel safe and they feel trust and they know that coming to your establishment is going to be safe and that they're going to have fun as well. Right. So tell me a little bit about your franchise owners and how they're dealing with the pandemic and what the plan is as they start to get reopened. Um, I mean, I think as you say, it's, it's, it's important that we convey a message that we understand, you know, whatever risks and dangers kind of remain out there. I think that we're very, very lucky in the business that we're in, because I genuinely don't think there is a safer form of entertainment than escape rooms. Although somebody said the other day, what about a drive-in cinema? And I'll, I'll, I'll accept that that's safer because you literally get in your car and you never get out. At our venue, more square footage. Yeah, yeah, at our, our venue, you do have to get out. But the, it's, it's, it all, we always have run private experiences. We've got some competitors and they've always bundled everybody together and we've never, Never liked that, you know. We've always we've always run it privately. So whatever group that you turn up to our venue to play with is the only people that you that that you're gonna kind of come into contact with. So so we're off to a flying start anyway, in that it's a private experience in a private in a, in a in a sort of closed environment. We're pretty famous for keeping the place spotlessly clean anyway, and obviously we've raised the bar like as high as it can be raised as far as disinfecting rooms between games and everything. And we've, and we've kind of restructured, restructured how the games, like the, the, the time between games. And, you know, just, we were famous for having great lobbies and people hanging around in the lobbies and that famous lobby is just on a bit of a pause at the minute. And it's a contactless experience. They book online, the waivers are online. They come in, the guy kind of says, your room's over there. And the way that we communicate into the room, I don't know how much you know about it, but it's over a TV screen, so you can't get much more socially distanced than that. Your game master's talking to you through, you know, speakers in the ceiling and all the rest of it. So um, so we're, we're lucky, you know. So now we've just got to convey that message that we've been blessed with anyway, just because of the kind of business we're in. And then, just, yep. and then explaining to our kind of clientele what differences are being made because of, the coronavirus thing and you know it's just we're becoming experts on disinfectants and all the rest of it and you know fog machines that clean the room and everything else and it's just with the franchise we're just keeping the network informed with all of these developments and it's i mean some of them are we like we call out when you when you sign with us and we used to shake hands not sure what we're going to do in the future like but we do them a massive right. But we call it a family, and when they're in the family, like they're in the family, you know. So it's, yeah. and it is. We all learn from each other because, I mean, I've got, ex- I've got my own experiences, my own business background, and all the rest of it. But some of my franchises make me look like I've just opened a corner shop for the first time. You know, they're very experienced business. Yeah. People. I mean, one of the first ones, he arrived in his private jet. You know, oh dear me, Mark. <laughs> And, and there's a few, great deal of experience and there's a great deal of enthusiasm and a great deal of variety. You know, I've got the, you know, the, the guys that are going into business for the first time, right through to my man with his own jet and 15 different, you know, family entertainment centers and everything in yeah. between. So we, we, I mean, tomorrow we're on another Zoom call 
and they'll, most of them usually turn up on these Zoom calls and we just kind of share ideas. And I think that, that's always been part of what we do and it's just become a more important part. Is it more important? I mean, it's just, I, I, I don't think it matters what you're going through. At the minute, it's coronavirus. You know, it might be a boom in six months' time. It might be something else. But you just have to kind of behave like a family and bounce off each other and learn from each other. And that's what we're doing at the moment. You know, it's all, it was all pretty negative a while ago, but in a, dealing with the negativity in a positive way. You know, we're going to deal with this as best as we possibly can. So it's just, I guess it's communication, just make sure that everybody's communicating and it's our... It's our role as the franchise, or if you like, as the head of the family, if that's such a thing, is to make sure that it's communicated to everybody as best you can. Not everybody listens, but that's another story. <laughs> We've got to do our best to try and make that happen. Yeah, I, yeah. as you're talking, and, and we get this with, with almost every interview we do, and we're all franchise people, right? We've been in the industry a while, and we believe in the concept. But what strikes me in this particular scenario is that the immense benefit of just being in a franchise, right? Being oh, part, absolutely. part absolutely. of a family, right? The idea yeah. no, of no, being absolutely. in business uh, not yeah. by, for yourself, but not by yourself. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Well, I'll give you a great example, right? So, so, so we've, got a, we've got a great marketing initiative and most of the franchise buy into this initiative. And, and you know, when you've got 50 people pulling in, I mean, normally we pay like the lion's share as the franchise or sort of first venue. Let's say you're doing your marketing for anything. Your first venue is going to cost you a lot of money because you have to do all the creative, all the videos, all the carousels for Facebook and all the rest of it. But then you divide it among 50. It's not expensive anymore, is it? So, so when we, but we, we, that was one of the things that went straight away. Bam, get rid of, we, don't need, we don't need to do any marketing if we haven't got any venues open. So that agency, again, another example, they just said, right, no problem. Like all, every contract I've ever seen went in the trash when all this came out and not one person I asked to do a deal with said, oh, by the way, you've got a contract. You know, they never did. So what, what can we do to help? And the marketing companies went and said, we just need to bail. No problem, you bail. And when you're ready, just come back. Awesome. So when we were about to reopen, I just had a bit of a, I'm sure it was a brainwave. I just, one day I said, I'll tell you what, and face, we've got a closed Facebook group where we usually start the communications off. So I want to create a marketing war chest and I want you to contribute $100 each. So we've got 56 franchises that are open. So there's $5,600 like that. Yeah, and it's, it's, I won't tell you one of the, which one of the people didn't want to pay. I won't say that on private yet in the same sentence, but I might have to edit that bit out. But anyway, but everybody paid, bar a couple. And, then, and even then in the end, oh, yeah, okay. So I've got $5,600 now to, to create what I called the marketing war chest to get out of, you know, like it's, we, we'd never had to do post that said, we will be reopening in five days time, you know, because no one's ever closed. And now suddenly I've got 56 venues closed. So from that marketing war chest, just everybody's contributing $100 each. Everybody who's paid $100 has five and a half grand's worth of marketing materials. So there's one example of why it's, you're kind of better off being in a franchise because you're just dividing dividing the problem and then and then each of those franchises looks like they've got five and a half grand's worth of marketing materials being put out on Facebook, emails and whatever. You know, but that's just one example, but it was a good one. I thought, well, how good is that? For, and for once, we paid $100. Normally we pay, we pay the lion's share and then hopefully get everybody to contribute and then that'll 
that that will kind of you know we, we'll get our rewards that way. But this one, I thought that's brilliant. You know, for five for for a hundred dollars, I I too have a five and a half thousand dollar marketing war chest. Mm-hmm. So, so you have a a favorite story or uh, maybe an example of you, you talked a lot about your network and your franchisees, right? Uh, any any innovation ideas from from that side? And did they bring you any ideas? Any ideas for the future, possibly? Um, how are they shaping some of this, if if at all? Yeah, uh, oh God, it's interesting. That I mean, yeah, I mean, you, what's the best way to describe this? It's you, you, there's so many good ideas out there, and I feel like it's my job to kind of police them all and decide which ones of those ideas need to be rolled out. And I think the more that we all work together, the more that I'm kind of trusted on behalf of the franchisees to make a, you know, like a sensible decision. I mean, I'm, I'm, my mind's wandering a bit at the minute because I mean, you, you know, I'm sure, I don't know whether you guys are engaged on social media, but everyone's a politician at the minute, aren't they? <laughs> and I remember, I remember asking a question at the end of our franchise convention last year. And we put like a, you know, like a, what do you call it? A survey monkey survey together and everybody kind of fills it in. As the, as, at the end of each day, actually, and it was a two day thing. And at the end of the first day, I asked a question. The first question was, what was the best, what, what was the best thing and the worst thing about uh, the, like today? And the first question, uh, 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 the first answer was the best thing about today was the introduction at the beginning where everybody stood up for kind of 30 seconds and said their name and who they were and what they wanted from the meeting. That was answer one. Answer number two was the worst thing today was we wasted all that time this morning where everybody got up and introduced each other. <laughs> <laughs> and this, yeah. and that, as I said, as I said, just in case you're wondering what it's like being in my shoes, there it is up there. It's impossible to keep you all happy. Yeah. Uh, and funny enough, we had exactly the same thing. The, the, the pre, uh, I think that was the first year. And the second year, I had, I had an almost exa- an identical example. And I think just to put something like that in front of everybody, the kind of it's, it's a bit like the politician thing. You know, they can't win because only, only, you've only ever got half the audience on your side, haven't you? And I, I don't feel... I don't feel like I only have half the audience on my side. I feel like the, the, you know, the most you're going to get is about 95%. Not everybody's going to agree with the direction the company needs to go in. Yeah. I mean, one of the big ideas a year ago was uh, virtual reality. And, and, and shall we, you know, we've got these venues, we've got customers, and we've got space. Why can't we put virtual reality in there? Right. I said, well, I will if you want. I said, but it's, we've got an infinite... We haven't, we, we've got a finite amount of resources of which I try and kind of coordinate them all. And I said, if you want my mind and my team to go wandering off to become brilliant at, at virtual reality and get that installed, I said, are you happy that we compromise what we do with the escape rooms? Because I can't, you know, can't do all of these things brilliantly. And at the time, I think I saw Disney had opened a VR room. And I thought, well, you know, do you think we're really going to be able to compete with Disney? Like, so it was, you know, but a couple of them were really passionate about it. But after that, I said, well, I'll, I'll do whatever you want. But it has to be like based on what the majority of you want. <laughs> you know, and anyway, we decided we'd go off and focus on trying to be the best escape room company in the world rather than a bit of a jack of all trades. Yeah, yeah. yeah so that's, 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 that's the, 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 the yeah. fun and the challenge, if you like. Everybody, you know, they're, they're, they're full of ideas. And, and I guess our, our role is to try and 
police those ideas so we channel ourselves in the right you know in the right direction so Absolutely. but there's never, never never a shortage of ideas that's for sure yes those ideas are wonderful uh I've, i always love to tell the story i worked for when i was a young man i worked for uh, mcdonald's was my first job nice. in california and i worked for a gentleman named uh herb oh, and <laughs> yeah and he was the uh original inventor of the egg mcmuffin herb peterson and uh, he was a crewman. He was a manager at the time and a, a franchise worked his way up to be a franchise owner. And then, and then invented the egg McMuffin changed the way we all eat breakfast. And it came from the front lines of the, the franchise uh, right up to corporate. And, and there you go. Egg McMuffins yeah, no, were born. It's good having a good team. You just got to kind of listen to everybody and then just, as I said, just try yeah. and try and spot that light bulb moment, haven't you? But there's a, there's a lot, there's a lot of them as the family gets bigger and bigger. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Try to make sure that you, you just, just follow the right ones, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Well, Simon, we're getting close to the end of the show and uh, we'd like to, the way we like to end the show is that we, we our listeners are franchisors of all mm -hmm. sizes. Uh, we have franchisors that have thousands of units and franchisors that are just getting ready to sell their very first franchise, if you can remember what that feels like. Yeah. And we have franchisees all over the world that are that are kind of uh, like you said, hunkered down and getting ready to reopen and get out there and fight the good fight. So, when you think about the listeners, and if you were to give them one gold nugget, uh, one piece of advice that you would give them to help them get through this and 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 get into the time when they can reopen and thrive again, what would you tell them? What would it be? Um, I'm not very good at being brief. That's one of my problems. You can but say I, as long as you want. Right. Well, I've, I've, I've been doing stats on, on the whole COVID-19 thing, like you can't believe. And I think it kind of reminds me of a little bit. I mean, I know it's been tragic. We've all seen the horror stories, and I'm not trying to underplay that for a split second. But it kind of almost reminds me. I, I had an internet business once, and the share price went up at a rate that I couldn't believe. But it actually came down even faster than anybody could ever believe. So we ended up as, we, we were millionaires one week and two weeks later we were back to where we started again. And I'm kind of saying, obviously it depends where you are. And as I said, the US is a little bit slower and I'm sure that's where uh, like a vast majority of your audience is. But when you, when you do look at the stats closely like I have and like the odds of me dying from COVID-19, I think I wrote it down somewhere. It's like there's, it's 0.0006%. I mean, it's so, it's so remote. It's an evil thing that picks on the, it picks on the vulnerable and the old and the care homes and all the rest of it. And for sure, we need to work out a way of protecting the vulnerable audience. But for a normal, healthy audience, it's not. I mean, it's been grim, but it could have been a lot grimmer, you yeah, know. Yeah. It, for, but for a normal, healthy audience, it's it, it, it it's not it's not what it could have been. It's to say the graph's coming down as fast as the graph went up and I think people are kind of slowly working that out and I mean we've opened the doors of 14 venues up to now and we're like at the weekend we tracked at 55 56 percent of what we'd done for the same three days last year and I'm 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 like really you know buoyed by that I think that's I think that's a great sign so I, really actually, I actually yeah. think confidence I think confidence will come back 
quickly. I do think we all have to be aware and I think we all have to be careful and I think the vulnerable have to, you know, it's probably a slower path for them. But I think for the general healthy people, you know, as long as we do observe sensible social distancing without it being paranoia and, and if you, I, I, I think it's going to be quite a quick recovery. So that, that's, my, that's my view. <laughs> and I've, nice. I've studied quite a few numbers to try and kind of come up with that, but hopefully it'll be true. Nice. Well, before I let you uh, turn it over to Rob and have him close out the show, I just want to ask you one more question about how you feel about uh, franchise development as far as what are your thoughts around how you're going to be growing uh, over the next several months and next year or so. Uh, it sounds like you're getting a lot of inquiries and you're getting, you're closing some deals. So that sounds like there's a lot of folks coming to you. So have you changed your strategy at all or, and then give us your website so that we can find you. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Um, I think we've always been, I, 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 I just think being fair and open and honest with the people that want to come and be part of your family is, is, has always been key. And I think at times like now, it's even more key. You know, I mean, we scrapped all of our kind of minimum fees instantly as soon as this thing was, was kind of getting going. So I think it's just, uh, and, it, and it is like, you know, you're gonna have, we're going to have some of our family members are going to struggle. I mean, they've been closed for, you know, nine, 10 weeks. It's going to have a hard impact on some. And I just think you have to treat everybody like they are part of your own family and treat them, you know, as, as individuals and treat each case as it, as it comes and so I think that's kind of key with the with, with the franchisees that we've already got and as far as anybody kind of coming in it's you know it's that there's there's still plenty of inquiries coming in but it'll be it's going to be interesting to work out what how we how we would what sort of deal we would structure for them going forward but I think it's a fairly straightforward model that we have anyway so I don't see much different I don't see much difference and as I've said, we've already, the, the, the people that were interested in Kane prior to COVID, it's slowed down a little bit, but not to the point where the deals have stopped coming through the door. So I think the good, like, I don't know, maybe three or four months, and I think it'll be kind of business as usual again. Perfect. And your website? It's uh, escapology.com. Quite an easy one, really. Or escapology. I keep forgetting to do the yeah. American. The American version, escapeology, nice.com. And what fun, it's a fun, biz, a fun business and uh, a lot of fun for, uh, you know, folks to try something new. So check it out. We also will add your, uh, your logo and link to our, our wall of fame on the Franchise Bible Coach website and people can click through to your website there as well. But check mm -hmm. out their website and I'll turn it over to Rob. Thank you, Simon, for being our special guest today and we wish you uh, much success in the future and uh, keep fighting the good fight, sir. Thank you, Rick. Thank you, Rob. Appreciate it. Well, you're welcome. Thank you, Simon. Again, that's Simon Davison, CEO of Escapology. You can find them at escapology.com. I also want to thank our sponsors, Franchise Bible Coach. Don't forget the Fight for Your Franchise Challenge and the No Cost uh, Consulting. Uh, you can go to franchisebiblecoach.com and learn more about that. And of course, check out our sponsor, SEO Samba. You can find them at seosamba.com and learn more about their franchise marketing operating system. Thanks so much, guys. Well, bye for now. Bye, everybody. Thanks, Simon. Go. Cool.